All right, so we're talking best Wisconsin sports memories. Trying to kick the nut kick continuum in its own nutsack. We're trying to like re reverse psychology this thing as uh, the Bucks, who I thought were set up for a nut kick continuum Saturday night when KD, you know, the Slim Reaper came up and drained that shot. I thought, my God, watch his toe just be barely behind the line and he beats the Bucks in regulation. No, 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 no. Oh, nay, nay, Rowdy. What it is is the Bucks. You gotta quit that. <laughs> the Bucks. Well, I filled in for Bill Michaels yesterday. Well, and so did you. So nay nay. I'll, I'll quit the nay nay. I'll be nice to the booty and I'll quit the nay nay. So the Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant, and the Bucks uh, go toe to toe in overtime. Bucks come out victorious. Absolutely incredible. So we've been uh, trying to share our favorite memories. Uh, mine. I, this goes for a lot of people. Game one sixty three. Brewers beat the Cubs down at Wrigley. Absolutely incredible. Right. Uh, Rowdy, you had said something about the Brewers. Yeah, my Brewer ones had to be game 163 as well. The Brandon Woodruff home run off of Clayton Kershaw in which the Brewers won game one in the NLCS. Mm -hmm. It has to be Tony Plush or a.k.a. Niger Morgan getting the tickled it hit to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLDS and probably just the CC Sabathia run for about two and a half months with the Milwaukee Brewers. RJ, you said you had some, but I want to play one first. I see the phone lines blowing up at 608-321-1670. Just hang on one second. But we had this come from twitch.tv, and I know, RJ, that you're a diehard Wisconsin hockey fan. And I know around this time when Wisconsin hockey's in full force, we have our guy, Barry Richter and Mark Strobel calling in. So I hope they're listening right now because we're going to share some Wisconsin I mean, hockey love. If they are listening, I know of one that Barry should call in and talk about. Barry, the, the puck is in your side of the rink here. <laughs> but here is one coming from Twitch from Sir Tankalot4. says, best Wisconsin sports moment for me. I'm going to play it. See if you guys can uh, get it. Wilson now comes across the line. Four big red players back. 12 comes out for eight as he took the draw. Angle holds his own. Here's a shot. They score. Jack Skilly gets the overtime winner. Triple overtime. Oh, baby. Been a long time, Wisconsin fans. 14 years to be exact. Get ready, Milwaukee. The Badgers are on their way to the Frozen Four. Oh, baby. That's sick. One of mine is two games later after that. That's the uh, regional final. Yeah. Uh, triple overtime winner over Cornell by Jack Skilly there. Uh, <laughs> what I say, like that was Those almost three OT Jack Skilly getting it done over and Cornell. Like, Brian Elliott had like 51 saves that game or something like that. And the two goalies combined for over a hundred and some odd saves, uh, 2006 national championship game. A couple weeks later, April 8th, 2006. I remember, uh, being in college at the time. So like <laughs> between the first, uh, first intermission, walked on down to Hong Kong Cafe to get dinner, brought it on back. Hell yeah, Hong Kong yeah. Cafe, so shout out, baby. It was it was uh, hockey and Hong Kong Cafe that night. Sounds uh, incredible. But my biggest one, your biggest January one, January 1st, 1994, the Badgers finally win a Rose Bowl. Oh, my God. And, and people are still second, wearing the shirts. Second bowl win in, uh, in program history after the 82 – Independence Bowl, I believe, um, but <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, those those are my two big ones. And RJ, I, I, I remember, you know, those first ones where it's like that's a memory that lasts for me. I'd say it about the 1990 hockey championship, mm-hmm. but honestly, I was six at the time, dude. RJ, <laughs> um, when I so growing up, did you have a, like a sports scrapbook? Did you have a scrapbook growing up? Like your favorite moments, the, not, your parents would be like, "Hey, put this. Remember this." No, before the internet like, was a thing, and it like, wasn't a scrapbook, but we'd save like the front pages yeah. and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I'd say like front pages, tickets, programs. Yeah, didn't didn't put it into into anything, so it wasn't like a book or anything. It, it like so went into storage. I have um, my so, scrapbook yeah, from when I was a kid. Still have a lot of those. It's like a bl- it's a big black binder and with like a big construction paper um, pages yeah. in it. And in the front's like a soccer ball, a football, a hockey stick, a baseball, and a basketball. <laughs> it's like very generic, like you find like Hobby Lobby. And you open it up, and one of the first things in there is the 1994 Rose Bowl. I took a picture of the old school TV we had with the bunny rabbit ears, nice. and you had the little 
Watching it on ABC. You had to turn? Yeah. Like you had to turn to change the, st- the station? When you only had four channels? It was like a knob. Yeah. I took a picture of the TV of them winning it with a Polaroid camera, <laughs> and I pasted it in and wrote 1994 Rose Bowl slap in my scrapbook. It, slap it on in there. Slap it on in. Let's go to the phone. Scott, welcome to the show. Line one, who's this? Good morning, my friend. Scott, hang on one second. Line two, who's this? Good morning, boys. What's good? What's good? Chad, what's happening, brother? Not much. Hey, uh, I got a memory that that really stands out because it was right around my birthday. It was when the Badgers beat the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats in the NCAA tournament to go to the final game of the tournament. Specifically, Sam Decker's uh, dribble drive step back three against Carl Anthony Towns, basically icing the game. And then I think he had a steal or a block in the next defensive possession to really close out the game. That had to have been... One of the sweetest moments of my of, of Wisconsin sports history. Yeah, that, I mean, incredible, right? Are you a thirty-eight and one or a thirty-eight and done kind of guy? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that that right there. And I got to say, Nelson brought up one that that popped into my head too. The T plush uh, to win that game against uh, Arizona. That one was sweet too. You know, that, I like that team. That was a scrappy team. Yeah, totally, dude. Uh, hey, Chad, um, oh, we're talking about this because you know Saturday night with the uh, Bucks besting the Nets, we're trying to uh, thwart off. Lee Nutt can continue them in this next series with the Atlanta Hawks, as the Bucks are now the odds-on favorite according to Vegas to win it all. Are you feeling the deer? Are you feeling the deer? Do you feel it, Chad? I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I still am. I, I mean, I'm about to go get a little surgery today, this morning that has to do with my schnutz. So <laughs> I, I, I you done having kids? I, yeah. So I, I can't <laughs> have anything. I can't have any other uh, any other kicks to my junk for a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, man. Uh, those frozen peas are going to come in clutch uh, later today. That's right. That's right. All right, boys. I'll see you later. I'll be a new man next time I talk to you. <laughs> see you, Chad. See you. Good luck, buddy. Godspeed. Chad's going to have a go up a few octaves the next time we hear him. Chad will be calling well, in. Hey, boys. Like, hey, what's good? What's good? Like, <laughs> Chad? Have you been, are you stealing Chad's lines? <laughs> no, it is Chad. <laughs> uh, 608-321-1670 Twitter. That's at Zone Madison. A lot of good memories. Uh, one second here, Scotty. Let's just do this right here. This is for Rowdy. Just go in and out, up and down on Nigel Morgan here. They're trying to get him out at the risk of <laughs> him getting trying. a hit. Oh, really? 2-2. Morgan base it up the middle. Gomez is going to be a wave around. The throw to the plate. Not in time for the Brewers. Advance to the National League Championship Series. Incredible. Bottom of the 10th. T-plush. Mobs him at the pitcher's mound. There's there's Unesky Betancourt. There's Ricky Weeks. There's Rick, Jonathan Lucas. Ricky Weeks. Rowdy I'm boy, not Ricky Weeks. Position, but I'll be the first guy to celebrate. <laughs> Rowdy, how old are you when that happened? 2011. Yeah, that would have been the fall of my junior year of high school. Oh, that's like that prime. That's that prime age where you just really get like just wrapped up. Unfreaking believable. Look at look at T Plush. Look at that guy. What a beast. There's Go Go Carlos Gomez. Absolutely incredible. Brewers, they don't have a lot of good times like this, but you know, the ones they have, man, they are cool. <laughs> Didn't know they won until he turned around and saw everybody running out of the field. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Was totally oblivious to the game situation. Look at that crowd. At least according to him. The second postseason <laughs> series win in franchise history for the crew. Look at the, look at the Diamondbacks just oh. dejected. As I'm dejected over the Brewers losing the Diamondbacks last night. How it comes Nigel full circle. Morgan to make an out. They didn't want to have to pitch to Braun and Fielder with one out. And Nigel Morgan made him pay. Look at that fat yap he's got in his lip. That's a big he size of dip right there. Speaking of all these old day. names, I saw on Twitter yesterday, or two days ago, uh, the Braves AAA team, uh, Jonathan Lucroy hit a single up the middle to score uh, uh, Orlando Garcia. Or- Orlando Garcia. Believe that's to beat the Nashville Sounds on <laughs> Gwin- Sunday. What is that? Gwinnett County or whatever? Yeah, uh, Gwinnett, yeah. Whatever their team name is now. Yeah, Orlando Garcia hasn't played one big league game for no, the I Atlanta know, but Braves. Just yeah. those two names. Jonathan Lucroy with the hit, Garcia with the score to beat the Nashville Sounds. Um, incredible. Uh, real quick before we get back to the phones, G Dub says 2002. The time I brought home two checks 
One was a landmine, the other a smoke show. In the other words of Mr. Miyagi, it was pretty okay. It was pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, it was, I was playing softball, so yeah, it was a Wisconsin sports moment. <laughs> there you go, G-Dub. Some of the Badger ones, though, it has to be the Final Four runs. It has to be. Both games against Arizona, both years, and then obviously the Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. Never forget those. And plus, I was like right in the middle of college at that time, so... Obviously, there's no responsibility and lots of fun going on. Yeah, um, I mean, when you think of the Wisconsin, when you think of the Wisconsin Badgers losing eventually to Duke, it's you know it's a kick in the pants. But when you look at college basketball teams, isn't a lot of that is Final Four appearances? Like that's how they recruit. That's how they do it. It's all about Final Four banners, Final Four appearances. Obviously, you would like. The championship banner. Still hang, want that national championship. I mean, obviously, but it still goes down to final four appearances, right? Like that's how you Justice judge. Justice Winslow still touched it, and there's no doubt about that. Coach K's back is still, still stiff. And that's why he's retiring. Those refs are probably going to be under investigation in 20 years. But I don't think you'll even with the loss, even with the loss to Duke, you'll never forget uh, what the Badgers did to Kentucky when Kentucky has all of that NBA talent. Hell, we looked it up a couple well, months ago. How two, many? It's the it's the two photos. Remember when it was? I believe it was Frank Kaminsky embracing with Josh Gosser after they lost because the one of the Harrison twins hit that shot the year before. Mm-hmm. And then the very next one is all the Wisconsin players celebrating and um, Cauley Stein Cauley, walking Willie, off, Willie Cauley looking Stein. all depressed and dejected. It was the swing from two years, and obviously. The first year when they played Arizona in the lead eight and they got by them the first time, that was an incredible, exciting night. Yeah, and then it was again they got past that very same Arizona team the next year and then beat Kentucky in the Final Four. But it was it wasn't even just those runs. Obviously, that's what everyone remembers. But it was every single game, Frank's junior and senior year. It was like must see TV because you never expected Wisconsin to ever lose a game. Yeah, exactly. And it was. The part that I'll never forget, obviously, is not only do you get the rematch with Kentucky, but you get uh, in that moment of time, this team that is Wisconsin, and one could argue this could be one of the greatest Wisconsin moments in history when you have, you know, Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, and that company, uh, guys that were just, you know, I mean, look at the look at Frank Kaminsky's career. His freshman and sophomore year, a guy I remember people being like, who is this knob wearing these glasses? Why did we waste a scholarship on him? And then you look at Frank the Tank, you know, winning National Player of the Year, and then you have a guy going with the, you know, the home talent like Sam Decker to go on to beat uh, uh, basically an NBA team in the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari. It's, it's incredible. The, it's like climbing Mount Everest. But doing it like, and you just go up there and you're at the top of the precipice, and he's like, I did it. And then they had good years, obviously, after that with the Bronson Koenigs that were more the leader, the um, Nigel Hayes, mm-hmm. the Zach Showalters that were still on those teams, but then they became the main guys. Those teams were still good making sweet 16s, but you never quite got the same emotions and the same, I guess, impact that the Kaminsky-led teams were. It wasn't and and Decker, it wasn't quite the same, but it was still good basketball. What was that? It was like that. It's something you can never like re bottle, you know, and capture again. We'll probably never ever get to see it again. That's why I'm still it, just that Duke game is so frustrating because it was right there. Does it take it away from the beaten Kentucky? Does it take away from that? I think it does just a little bit when you really start bringing it up, like we're bringing it up now. I'm getting but a little teary eyed, man. When you talk about it on the surface and you just bring up the Kentucky game, you don't really think about Duke too much. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to share your memories, uh, favorite Wisconsin sports memories, you can do so at 608-321-1670. Again, Twitter is at Zone Madison. Twitch.tv as well. Search my name. It's funny, says. though, because if they would have beaten Duke, I bet the Kentucky is still just a bit of a footnote. Like, we're t- we talk about how they beat Duke, how they beat Coach K, how they beat, um, oh, who was the big guy? Okafor. Yeah. Was it Okafor? Yeah, Jaleel yeah. Okafor. Yeah, Jaleel. Sorry, I was thinking and, about um, Oh, uh, what was the little guard? Oh, yeah, man. I tried to He went to the Timberwolves. Numbers. I can't. But they were two NBA guys that were one and done. Yeah. And that's all that you would be talking about. And then it was like the side note would be, oh, yeah, and they beat Kentucky that year. Who was 38 now? Well, it would go down as one of the greatest runs of all time, right? You beat you know the NBA team that is Kentucky Wildcats, and you best Coach K and Duke. It would be cemented as like a top five run in tournament history. Yeah, Kentucky would be like 1B 
on that list of, hey, they won a national title. Yeah. How about Packers-wise? I mean, obviously, you look at the 2010-2011 Super Bowl, and you look at that when the Packers go on the road every single game, then eventually beat the Steelers. Um, one of my favorite games is that NFC Championship game when you have B.J. Raji and that big old blubber of his <laughs> picking off. Uh, was it? Was yeah, it that's the, a good one. Obviously, not the Randall Henny, and then going in and teaching me how to Raji. Teach me how. To Randall Raji. Cobb bomb was a good one. Yep, for the um, NFC North. How about the Jared Cook toe tap? Dallas. Even though and, Michael Jackson, and <laughs> obviously it was the Mason Crosby kick that, according to Skip Bayless, was uh, brought back in between the goalposts by the hands of God. <laughs> and then he cried. I think he still cries about it. Oh, he's still crying. Of course he is. Tyus Jones, Rowdy, our guy Don Grassman up yes, in Shawano. Yes, Tyus Jones. That's the, uh, that's the Duke guard you're thinking of. All right, so, wow. The trip down memory lane as we're trying to stave off you know, the bad things about Wisconsin sports. We can go on and on and on about the negative things that have happened. But why do that when the Bucks have just come out clean the other side Saturday night, taking down the Brooklyn Nets, Eastern Conference semis, now in the Eastern Conference finals against the Atlanta Hawks. So the Hawks, a five seed. Rowdy, Vegas still has the Bucks as odds-on favorites of just dismantling the Atlanta Hawks. How much stock do you put in Vegas, though? Put a decent amount in it. I mean, you do it every day at 658 I mean, they're, right? they're not here to give money back to the public. Yeah, those hotels didn't build the, themselves, Yeah, right? that city out in the desert wasn't built by their own money. So, looking at the series that was with the Nets, we talked about this a lot. The Brooklyn Nets matched up best against the Milwaukee Bucks than any other team in the field, right? This is now looking at the Bucks. This is their moment to seize. Uh, this could be one of those amazing, incredible Wisconsin sports moments that we've been talking about where the Bucks actually do it. Well, you just had Grant on at 740, and he talked about how the Hawks have a lot of shot makers, mm-hmm. how you know the Hawks had this, the Hawks have this. Yeah, well, the Bucks have Giannis, and who's going to guard him if you're an Atlanta Hawk? The Bucks still have Chris Middleton, who I think it is going to play decently well against the Hawks. And then the biggest factor here, Drew Holiday. Is it's Trey, be the Drew Holiday is Trey Young really going to play defense against Drew Holiday? Because I know Drew Holiday is going to play defense against Trey Young. Yeah, he's all he's all NBA defense team, ain't he? So it's enough of what the Hawks have. It's what about what the Bucks have. Yeah, this is uh, what the Bucks were built for, as Giannis has talked about after that Game 7. This is what they were built for to make this run and to do it. So tomorrow night, 7.30, tip-off, Pfizer form, baby. Uh, before we hit this break, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, this is for the second time. I couldn't resist. Steve, Steve. come on in, baby. Hit me with it. I want to pause <laughs> the music just for you. Okay. Lay, hit me with it, Steve. What do you got? You ready? Okay, ready. all right. I'm ready. All right, my memories. I had a chance to think a little more, and then I had to do a little research for the date. But uh, March 3rd, 1979, I was at the UW Fieldhouse watching the, the Badger basketball team beat the Michigan State Spartans with Magic Johnson and mm. company. Um, Wes Matthews hit like a half-court shot to beat them, and that was the last loss for Michigan State before they won the NCAA title. Incredible. Uh, January 9th, uh, 1972, um, the Bucks, I was at Bucks with Kareem and Oscar snapped the Lakers' 33-game winning streak. Uh, Lakers had uh, Kareem out up against Wilt that game. Yeah. They had West, West and Gail Goodrich. So, wow. Steve, you've seen third, a lot of good basketball games, man. My third is I was at the Bucks season opener in 1977 when Kareem broke his hand punching Kent Benson. Um, I, was sitting, I was sitting right down baseline, right by it, and cream, cream um, hammered him so. and broke his hand. What's your? Broke his hand. What was the other one? It was who was the who's the one that flicked off everyone? Um, uh, Rick Barry. Yeah, Rick Barry. After he does the granny style free throws, flicks off the entire crowd. That's 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 hilarious, dude. You're talking. And then Nate Thurman was on that team, and I just he got me thinking. Then then the last I really remember as a young kid. Yeah. Um, when the Bucks drafted Lou Alcindor number one. Yeah. They won the coin flip and. Uh, and uh, that was great. And it was it was great Bucks run until uh, George Carl, Carl wrecked it all by trading Ray Allen oh, to the no. to oh, the uh, no. Seattle Sonics for Gary Payton for a. I love Ray Allen, man. I have a Ray. I, I had a Ray Allen jersey as a kid. I love that thing, Steve. Absolutely. Hey, and I'm a fellow Northsider too. So. Nah, my man, Northside, stand up, man, Steve. I, isn't it better to talk about the good stuff of Wisconsin sports than the bad stuff? Absolutely, <laughs> Steve. Always a pleasure, my friend. Hey, thanks. See you, buddy. I would love to see just someone flick off double bird rowdy after shooting granny style free throws. 
for the whole arena. Hilarious. Well, you know, we were doing something today. It was reliving one of our favorite or some of our favorite memories for Wisconsin sports. Because, you know, there's a lot of negative connotations with Wisconsin sports, the nut continuum, obviously, and all the pain and misery we've suffered. Well, the Bucks, they they staved off that. They said, no, no. We're not going to experience pain, the nut kick. We're going to beat the Nets in overtime to punch our ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. Rowdy, so we were sharing our stories, right? We have a lot of them. And mostly, you know, they're, they're, they're the heavy hitters. The Final Fours for Wisconsin basketball, beating Kentucky. You have the 2010 Badgers beating Ohio State, night game at Camp Randall, you know, housing it right off the kickoff. You have the 94 Rose Bowl. You have Super Bowl 31, Packers beating the Patriots. You know, I have game 163. I think caller Corey roughly brought it up, but another one for uh, for Badger football has to be the Lee Evans bomb. Oh, the Lee Evans. Yes, Lee Evans bomb. Uh, one of my favorite ones of all time, seeing Brett Favre come out against the Oakland Raiders after his dad had passed. That's a good one. And just putting on a display for the ages. But speaking of the – obviously the Packers 2010-2011 Super Bowl. I mean, how can you not love – them going on the road every game, then besting the Steelers. That was incredible. But, Rowdy, something that I think people forget about is it was a performance for the ages from a unlikely hero. Unfortunately, it ended in a loss, but I will never forget what I witnessed that night against the Arizona Cardinals. He resets Starks. They are going to bring pressure again. Rodgers is going to roll away, throws it up in the air, says a prayer. Jeffrey, Ronald, Janice. Rowdy, Jeff Janice had 101 receiving yards on one drive, a 60-yard reception on a 4th and 20, and a 41-yard Hail Mary touchdown. Jeffrey, Ronald, Janice, who now owns a tire shop in Michigan. I guess since we're also on that same vein, you can't leave off <laughs> Richard Rogers and the Motown Miracle. The Motown Miracle, Richard Rogers. how could you ever we forget? We already talked about the Cobb bomb. We already uh, talked about the toe tap. Yep. With and obviously with the toe tap comes the Mason Crosby final field goals. Yep. Well. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah, you got me inspired for uh you got me inspired here for Richard Rogers. Sixteen seconds. Dick Rogers could not afford to be tackled with God, the field. That was of play. Awesome. Rogers. Can he complete one? Got him oh, down there and it's incomplete. Uh oh. Right here, like, oh my god, this is it. Moment. In the middle of the field, to Jones. Here he is. They're doing a little. Uh, to Rogers, to Rogers. Oh, there's the, there's Rogers a face mask. The other way, he's thrown down. We got a flag. Got a flag, flag baby. Over. Grabbed him by the face mask. That was Devin Taylor. Just a little kiss. Face mask. Rowdy, just a little kiss of the face mask. 15-yard penalty. This is like what happened Bottom in the Baltimore Jacks. But I think, can the receivers get far enough down the field? Here it is, baby. Rogers. In trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. A game ender for the Packers. Beautiful. Imagine being a Detroit Lions fan. Wasn't it that season the Lions led both those games like the entire time and still lost? With time expiring or no well, time left was, on the clock. That was also Matt LaFleur's first season. Un, yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, so I, I told you the story about that night. That was a Thursday Wait, that was night. 20, that was 2015. Yeah, that was. No, I'm talking about when the Lions oh, led. That was Matt LaFleur's first season. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I told the story before. It was a Thursday night, obviously, the, the Motown Miracle. Was it the we cops were, one? We were watching it in my apartment while my buddies next door got robbed. Yep. Then the cop was in there taking notes, putting holes in our wall, pounding on our wall. Then we weren't going to go out because of the... Because uh, you guys got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it was like we had to go out for Thursday night. Had to. And the cop came and watched it with you, and he was pounding on your guys' drywall? Like, yep. yo, hey, we want our deposit little, back. A little easy here. A little we easy there. like eight holes. A little easy there, my friend. Uh, let's go over to the phone quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Vagabond John. Vagabond. Manitowoc, Wisconsin. How's it going, boys? What the hell are you doing in Manitowoc? You doing your own minute up there with uh, Charlie Barron's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Working uh, working the restaurants up here. Working the restaurants. Hey, You're working good, Johnny. To- Shout out to Ryan's on York. I went to that place yesterday, Manitowoc. Oh, my God, guys. It might be the best restaurant in the state. What is it called? 
Ryan's on York, and I don't know if you got any listeners up there, but they might vouch for me. That we got listeners everywhere, is, dude. I'm looking. It is packed on a Monday night, and you can't. It's a two-hour wait for food. People That's how you know it's it. good. It's crazy. That's how you know it's yep. good. But I got a qu- or a question and a request this morning. Uh, question: Did the over hit yesterday on six point five calls from our buddy? No, he ended at six. You ended at six? Yeah, believe it or not, he ended at six. I, I was shocked too. Yeah, you got to take the under. It was a good good line, though. You should have heard his phone uh, call just a little bit ago. It was a, whole, it was a wild one. Oh, I was listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I won't be hitting on him, but that's all right. Yeah, I don't think anyone uh, will. And then my request is you guys, since we're playing, uh, you know, famous radio clips that bring Packer fans joy, do you guys have the last throw by Brett Favre in the 2009 NFC Championship? With the radio call, do you guys remember that? Are you familiar with that call? Say that again. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. Say it again. It's Favre. the 2009 NFC Championship. Brett Favre with the Vikings. Oh, the, oh, oh, my it's God! It's not Detroit, man. It's the Super Bowl. One of the greatest calls of all time. It is one of the greatest calls. If, if you guys can dig that up, that would make my morning. I already have it, so I got it for you, brother. All right, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Thanks, Vegas, John. Also, a good one, kind of tying off of that. Another Brett Favre moment. Technically, was what? How about the call from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, where I believe it was McNown threw it to the end zone, and it was a force out back when it was the force out rule, Ooh. and the Cardinals scored a touchdown at the end of the game to yes. eliminate yes. the Vikings, yes. and then the Packers ended up winning and then making the play. That was an incredible that. one. I actually have that in the system somewhere. But Vegabon Johnny, ask. I think that was all three. Yeah, it was yeah. Ask Vegabon Johnny. And you shall receive. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Ah. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. (laughs) Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. That's one of the greatest calls of all time right there. One of the greatest calls of all time. Yeah, Paul Allen, correct? Yep. That was the same one with the Cardinals Vikings. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So many good memories for uh, Wisconsin sports fans. We welcome in Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant, I feel like I'm in the epicenter. Of some big feud that is going underway. First, I'm getting text messages from you that I'm body shaming you. I've told listeners saying that you let Dave Ramona drop an F-bomb on air and that you told me to go pound sand. Dave from Renona now saying that uh, you can't cancel him. Uh, what is going on with all this nonsense, Grant Bills? First, David Monona has never said an F-bomb on air. You make my show sound like the Wild Wild West. My that, show's that the Wild West. Happen. My show's the Wild yeah. West. Your show is like a safe place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're the highway of information, and I'm just a peaceful rest stop. Yeah, you're just a hitchhiker of, on the road hoping to come aboard. Well, yeah. So Dave tells me, first of all, you, you the network you have people that relays information back to you from my show is, is unreal. You don't miss anything. I had a listener tell me yesterday that you were talking about my body on air, that you were looking at my Facebook profile and just and breaking me down. I don't know. That weirded me out. It's a little exaggerated, Grant Bills. We were laughing at the the tweet that Zach Halpern had sent you when you were uh, complaining about Rashad Wild Goose's 40 time. And Grant, uh, let's see, it was a picture of you in cross-country that Zach Halpern sent to you. And we were, we were just kind of uh, saying you looked like a really good cross-country runner. Yeah, that's – yeah, that, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. What, what is Zach – what is he doing? Why are we talking about Rashad Wild Goose's 40 time on – June 22nd. What's, I, what, what's going remember, on in your show? Do you remember show? what we were saying, Rowdy? Oh, it was because uh, I think we were talking about Badger recruits. Yeah, Badger recruits, and I, I forget what it was. We were just kind of laughing at you. I wanted to beef you up. I wanted to give you some steak, get you on a nice yeah. workout regimen. And then, Grant, I also have listeners that listen to your show reeling information to me that I need to give you a hard time because Saturday, or Friday, excuse me, you were setting up Bucks fans to uh, be kicked in the goodies like my nut kick continuum of the Bucks losing on Saturday. I thought you were the Mr. Hope, Hope Springs Eternal man. What happened with the, you know, feeling good about the Bucks and moving forward? 
I, I don't know. I watch them every day. Like, I, it's hard. I don't know. I didn't expect them to win game six or seven. I thought they were done after five. I didn't think they had it in them to, to dig out of a hole and come back and win the series. And they did. And, uh, wow, I'm thrilled to be wrong. But, yeah, I was. it's not like I was, I was saying, like, all hope is lost and we're doomed. It wasn't that bad. But, okay. no, I thought after game five that was their opportunity, and they, they blew that game, and I thought they were done, and well, it turned out to not be the case. Grant, it kind of sounds like there's a, a bunch of inf- uh, different people sending us kind of bunk information about each other. When we know for a fact that we're both two lifelong friends, two amazing you know hosts here on the radio, and have millions of fans mm-hmm. everywhere, why can't we, Grant Bills, just bury the hatchet and move forward together uh, as we carry this network on our back? Well, it's fake news. It's the fake news media that allows this to happen. Mostly Dave and Monona and his friends. Dave is. I don't think Dave has part friends. of the- Yeah, there's no friends there. <laughs> no friends. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun that I always hear what you're talking about from other listeners. They love passing that along. I get a kick out of it. Well, Grant Bills, how about this? I will give you credit right here. Uh, And you had tweeted it to me Saturday night, and it was about, and I'm going to give you a moment to pump your chest out, your uh, little chest out a bit here. How about Chris Middleton and that go-ahead in OT for the Milwaukee Bucks? (sighs) He had a bad game, but I loved how they kept going to him in the fourth quarter and in overtime because the rest of the game didn't matter. Right, if it's a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, I don't care that Chris Middleton is, like, what, three for 15 or whatever. Like, he's he's one of your big shot makers. He closes games for you, and they went to him, and, oh, so happy for Chris Middleton. So happy for the Bucks. I'm so happy for probably you. Giannis's, yeah, probably Giannis's best game of his career, probably his finest moments. I know it wasn't a scoring high. And then the fact that Chris Middleton hit the go-ahead jumper like that, oh, yeah, that made it even sweeter. How sweet it is, Grant Bills, with the Wisco Sports Show. So, Grant, moving yeah. forward... The Atlanta Hawks, you, out of all people I know, anyone I know, watch the most regular season NBA. Um, I don't think <laughs> you put a lot of stock into regular season, but give us a skinny on the Atlanta Hawks now coming into the Pfizer Forum tomorrow night, 7.30. They got a lot of shot makers. I think that's that's the difference between them and Philly. Philly probably had the best player, and Bede's probably the best player in that series. But Atlanta just has dude after dude after dude that can just hit shots. Uh, Gallinari, Bogdan, Herter, Williams, Trey Young, obviously. They just have so many options. And that makes them dangerous, right? You get them down by 12 points and they can come back in the snap of a finger because they have so many guys who can hit shots. They scare me more than Philly would have scared me. Philly's slow. Philly has a lot of the same problems that the Bucks have shown, except Philly has it way worse, right? They're, they're a big regular season team. They don't really have guys who can get buckets at the end of games. Atlanta has a bunch of those guys. So I do I don't know. I'm worried. I think this is going to be a tight series. I think Atlanta is really good, and they just didn't figure it out until later in the year. But Really? I so also you're think, nervous about this series. Like I'm very confident yeah. right now, and that's weird for being a Wisconsin sports fan. Yeah, I'm a nervous Bucks fan, though. I think that's what I realized. I said yesterday, like they could be up 3-0 in the, in the NBA Finals, and I'd still be like, ah, I don't know. Like I need to see it happen. I think between the Packers and the Bucks the last couple of years, they're just I don't know. I'm not getting my hopes up until I really start to see some. What ha- who hurt you? Who hurt you with these past couple of weeks? You used to be Mister like Buck. Now you're like Mister protecting your goodies. Like the nut kick's going to get you. Vegas odds on favorite the Milwaukee Bucks. Grant Bills. Yeah, the Bucks are seven point favorites in Game One too. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Turn. They should win. I think that's why I'm so worried. Is because they like this is such a great opportunity. They have it all right in front of them and. I think that's what scares me is everything's going too well. Uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show joining us right now. Catch him on this fabulous network from 4 to 6. Uh, Lacrosse, Eau Claire, also Madison, Wisconsin. So, Grant, uh, do you have any good Wisconsin sports memories? Like, you, you're really tentative right now. Do you have any good ones that you can share that, uh, you know, hope springs eternal, like I said uh, previous? Is there any ones that you're like, yes, this is what I can hang my hat on being a Wisconsin sports fan? I love this moment. We've been doing a lot today. Ooh, well... I would say the Packers Super Bowl, but that's too easy. You know, I really look back fondly at the two Final Four runs with the basketball team. I, that was probably the peak of my Badger fandom. That was, I think, the peak of Big Ten basketball. Like, it was so good. And I have so many good memories of not only watching those tournament games, but just enjoying those two years, watching with some of my friends, even, like, weekend games, you know, afternoon matinees against Michigan or against Maryland, like, back when Mellow Trimble was there. I know that time I didn't exactly think of the hell are you but bringing like, that name up for? Because, like, hey, he was, there. He, was there. he was there. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, 
Tim Hardaway Jr. back in that era, Jared Sullinger and Aaron Kraft. That was a little bit before at Ohio State. I remember that era very fondly. I had some very fun memories with those Badger teams. And it's not just about the tournament runs in the Final Fours. Like, that was obviously great. And I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. But just those teams in general, I, I really enjoyed those games. Oh, Grant, wow. Yeah, I, I feel like you have like a, like you wrote down all these names and they are a fond, special place in your heart for your whole life now with these. They do. Mellow Trimble. That era of the Big Ten, it was so fun. You, <laughs> Mellow Trimble could get back. Do you, do you know anyone, do you, anyone from Northwestern? Uh, that's probably the one team I don't, I don't was, remember. Was Evan Eschmeyer still there? Evan Eschmeyer. <laughs> that guy who had like a seven-year career. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Grant Bills, so real quick, what are we thinking about the Brewers? I was a little uh, – here's something I'm mad about today. The Brewers allowed yeah. the Diamondbacks to snap their 17-game losing streak as they lose 5-1 to one to the D-backs last night. What the – dude, should I be mad about this today? I feel like I should be. I feel like you know that you shouldn't be, that it's no big deal because it's baseball. But I feel like you also realize that there's not really much going on with the Brewers, so you need something to talk about. You need to get yourself riled up. So I will allow you to get riled up over this oh, here, Evo. I'll play into the drama here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's ridiculous, Evo. This team has lost 17 in a row, and the Brewers go down there and let themselves <laughs> get beat. It's embarrassing. There we go. That's Fred Anderson leaving with an injury. That's just, again. Uh, Thank you. That felt, that felt good. And, Grant, before I let you go, I do have a message here. Dave from Monona hit me up. Says, tell Grant I will be his life coach or his physical trainer. So you know, you can be both. I love, I love that. I don't think David Monona and I really agree on much of anything, but he might be one of my favorite people in the world. I, I would love, love to be coached by David. I love Monona. how you haven't become jaded yet from Dave, and you give him a lot of time on your show, which I think is hilarious. Uh, Dave Monona has been alone for a long time, Grant Bills, and I, you are now his new muse. You're his plaything right now, <laughs> and I laugh about it. Dave, by the way, Dave and Minota will never be canceled. There were some listeners that were throwing that idea around. We are a free speech show. We're a First Amendment show. You cannot cancel he who refuses to be canceled, Grant Bills. Yeah, exactly. See you, buddy. <laughs> we'll check you out tonight at 4 to 6, all right? See you, bud. Have a good one. You too. There he is, Grant Bills of the Lisco Sports Show. What in the F? What? The Brewers lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks who had lost 17 in a row? What? What the hell happened last night, Rowdy? Oh, I know what happened. Well, they started up one to nothing. I know what happened. There was a guy named Brett Anderson on the mound who uh, apparently had like a right knee injury, gave up five hits in a row in the second, and then the floodgates opened, and the Brewers allowed and snapped the Arizona Diamondbacks' 17 game losing streak. Why is it always the Brewers? Why, God? Why? Rowdy. What? You're not... I'm mad about this today. You're, like, even keeled on this. Yeah, I'm actually pretty calm. Like, I was upset last night in the Anderson second inning. So obviously, stupid. just because it was hit after hit after hit. I think they had five hits in a row. Uh-huh. And it wasn't like... It was like, oh, that one's out of here. Oh, that one's off the fence. It was all just singles, singles, singles. <sighs> So, uh, yeah, in the second inning, I was a little bit like, are you serious? Come on. Are you kidding me? Why really? God, why? Another hit? But, yeah, at the end of the day, when you look at it and it's like, okay, this team lost 17 games in a row until you allowed them to win, you get a little pissed because it's like, why did you have to be the team that allowed them to win? Yeah, so why did you have to be the team to do it? But then on the other hand, it's like. Okay, but here's the thing. like Sweeping in professional sports or winning three games in a row, right, Rowdy? It's tough. Exactly. And then when you look okay, at the match, Can I ask you a question first real quick? What do you think is tougher? Sweeping a team or losing 17 in a row? Losing 17 in a row. <laughs> Why the Brewers? <sighs> All right, sorry. What are you going to say? No, like when you looked at the matchups for the series, obviously it was Anderson on the mound yesterday. And now on the mound today, it is Freddie Peralta. And then tomorrow is going to be uh, Brandon Woodruff. When you when you look at the the pitching matchups... The Diamondbacks actually hit left-handed pitching decently well. So that was already going against the Brewers, a team that is obviously offensively challenged. Mm -hmm. So looking at the matchups, I thought that yesterday was probably going to be their toughest game. Now, did I think they were going to lose? I thought, obviously, they still had a shot at winning. They've lost 17 in a row. Yeah. They They only win a third of their home games. 
So I was still a little <laughs> irked, especially in that second inning and when they Why overall am I more when irked they than lose. You? You're usually one that's irked. Why I will be I irked, irked if they lose tonight and tomorrow because that's something you can't do. Yeah. We've talked about this month is by far their easiest month on the, on the entire season, in the entire schedule. June is their easiest month. We've <laughs> talked about it. Over and over and over again. Yeah, this is the month where they could have put themselves, like, a distance themselves, I should say, between them and everyone else. And they started this month out 9-2 and two in the first 11 games. And you're like, okay, Let's see, go. this is exactly what they have to do. They're taking care of business in June. They're beating terrible teams. Then, starting since last Monday, they're 2-6. and six. It's Brutal. Overall, 11-8. and eight. And here's the thing. The Chicago Cubs can't help but lose either. So the Brewers are still in first place at 40 and 33, but you would just hope that instead of taking the L's, snapping the 17 game losing streak to the Diamondbacks, that you would, I don't know, separate yourself a little bit. It's getting tight up there. 40 and 33, both Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, three and a half games behind at 36 36, Reds, 35 36. Yeah, and this was a month where I was looking at it, and you look at the games, and I figured they should probably go like 17 and 10. This month, mm-hmm. if they had a good month against these low-level bottom feeder teams, well, they're eleven and eight, so they got to go six and two, six and two to get there. And I, I guess if you really look at it, sixteen and eleven's a pretty decent month too. Mm-hmm. But you have to at least go six and eleven. Even six and eleven, they have to go five and three in their last um, eight here. Yeah, in the month, which even even that's not. As easy as it probably once appeared when you were <laughs> nine and two to start the month. Uh, but here's the thing: I mean, it goes back. To, and the Brewers were winning these games, remember correctly, Rowdy? It wasn't really their offense, was it? I mean, a couple games here and there, sure. It was like you were scratching your head, wondering, like, okay, good pitching performances. The bullpen was showing up, but then the offense, you're like, what the hell's going on? Well, you know, it's funny that you say that they're starting to lose these games. Uh, you know, the starting pitching has been really good all year. You have the bullpen that has struggled for the most part, especially from where most Brewer fans thought it would be. Yeah. But as we continue to say that, the Brewers' bullpen actually has gotten better, especially over the month of June. Now, is it because they're playing lesser teams? Obviously, to a point, that's, that's true. But the Milwaukee Brewers' bullpen has actually dropped their ERA by nearly a quarter of a run just in the month of June. Really? And they're starting to become a team that's really in the middle of the pack. And I think if you look around at their bullpen, you can't really ask them to get a whole lot better just because of the quality of arms that they have. And by quality, I'm talking like Josh Hader's been lights out. Yeah. Devin Williams continues to throw the ball better over the past month since it seems like he's come back. Uh, shaken off some of the rust and gotten 100% healthy. For sure. Brad Boxberger, for the most part, has become your seventh inning guy when well, it when he, it's in line. He'll and even has, help out Hater too and close the game. And, and has pitched decently well for the most part in the season. Mm-hmm. Now the rest of it, or even, even talk about the trade. Since Willie, they acquired Willie Adamas from the Tampa Bay Rays, I think one of the things that has gone kind of unsaid is they acquired Trevor Richards in that deal too. He's thrown the ball extremely well for the Brewers since they acquired him. No, he in came that in. Trade. Well, he came in la- or yes, last night, right after uh, he came Brent in, Anderson went down. Gave up a couple. What I think it was a couple walks. But he was hit. given a tough spot to come in. Yeah, exactly. But overall, he's come in and, and pitched pretty well for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, he has. Hey, how about this dude? Uh, something else which looked good for the health of the bullpen, I guess. Did you guys know that? The Brewers pitcher who got called up yesterday to make his major league debut, uh, Zach Godley, by the way, DFA'd by Felicia. So the second time they've DFA'd him for you this think, season? You think he'll be back? Yes, because no one claimed <laughs> no, no him the one, first time. Nobody wants him. And when you go and throw a third of an inning and give up three runs, I don't think anyone's going to claim you a second time. So, <laughs> Jesus. so Zach Godley DFA'd uh, after making two appearances. He gave up six earned runs over three and one-third innings. But getting called up from AAA Nashville, Right-handed pitcher who pitched two innings yesterday, striking out five, looked pretty damn good. I kid you not. Kirk Cousins' cousin, Jake Cousins. You like that? You like that? Well, Kirk, I actually did like that last time from your cousin, Jake Cousins. Yeah, he was... What a mind F. He threw the ball extremely well. Out of all the pitchers last night, he threw the ball the best, and it really wasn't even that close. 
he was hitting mid nineties, 95, 96 with his fastball. He threw a nice tight slider. He even had a couple of the Arizona diamondback hitters looking pretty silly on some uh, sliders that were more in the middle of the zone. Mm -hmm. Kirk cousins, cousin, Jake cousins. It was nice to see. It was very nice to see, especially because then Hunter Strickland came in the inning after, which was the basically the bottom of the eighth inning where it was kind of meaningless because the Brewers were already losing. Mm -hmm. We still haven't seen Hunter Strickland be put in like a high High leverage leverage situation yet. But so far, since they uh, acquired him from the Angels for cash, we have seen a pretty solid Hunter Strickland. Yeah, I think he walked a couple batters. But there were a Whatever. couple. They were have they were a couple close calls that could have went either way. There, it wasn't like he just completely, you know, walked him on four straight. Yeah, he has looked decently well since acquiring him. Obviously, he's had a tale of two seasons. He looked really, really good the first tennis games of uh, his season with the Rays. Then got uh, was it claimed or traded to the Angels where he just could not find it. Had an ERA was it close to nine? Yeah. And then, obviously, gets acquired by the Milwaukee Brewers. Seems to be throwing the ball well. If you can get a guy like, I don't know, Hunter Strickland to continue to perform at that level, you have uh, Richards continue to throw the ball well, and you still have Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter. That's why the bullpen's starting to, to round into form. Now, they're currently ranked 16th in the league out of 30 teams. Mm-hmm. If they, I think if this team got to about 12th in bullpen, ranked bullpens, yeah. and they continue to have the starting pitching that they have. Now, let's also remember, we it's it's June 21st as of yesterday. Did you see how they were uh, checking down on every, cracking down on everyone with uh, checking all the pitchers out for sticky substances? Yeah, I did, hats, I did. Their oh, belts yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to have to see how that starting pitching c- continues to do because if they continue to pitch like they were pitching and the bullpen continues to come on, you you should in theory continue to win some of these close games even without the offense picking it up which we continue to say is the offense going to pick it up is the offense going to pick it up well, well let's be honest with ourselves is it it's getting close to july and they haven't picked it up so, yet so well, I, I think we can say that it's probably not going to be picking itself up anytime soon i think the only way you can pick it up to be completely honest at this point is to have christian yelich bounce back well christian yelich continues to look like the 2020 christian yelich <sighs> Or to go out and get a bat. Well, Roddy, we're talking about like what do they need to do uh, before the trade deadline, which you know it's not it's not too far away. But I was reading some um, some some articles, some stats, you name it, and a lot of the big J's were like, "What needs to be fixed for the Brewers with the upcoming trade deadline? First base, fix first base. The Brewers will be looking to add. And they always are under, as they always are under David Stearns. Run prevention is the foundation for these Brewers." And return of health and form of Yelich might be the only in-season boost they need. Still, Milwaukee could use a first base upgrade. Jesus Aguilar, former friend of the Milwaukee Brewers, is uh, out there having a good season for the Marlins and might just be good enough to help Milwaukee edge the Cubs and the Cardinals to win the NL Central. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers have a lot of different avenues in which they could explore when it comes to adding pieces. We've talked about how the bullpen seems to be rounding a bit more into shape here lately. You can always add an arm or two. That's never going to hurt you. I know that we had Andrew Wagner on for the Bill Michaels show yesterday, and he reiterated that same thing. You can never have enough arms in that bullpen. Obviously, first base is a a big one, too. But I will say... First base, really? Like, have we given up entirely on Keston Hero, then? Well, if you if you acquire a first baseman, you've given up on Kesson here at, at least for the season. At first base, well, yeah, for the season. But Kesson uh, here is tearing the cover off the ball again, isn't he? In minors, once again in AAA, he is killing it. But we saw that earlier for about a week span when they recalled him, and then he came up. And when he did hit the ball extremely hard, it was right at people. And then for the most part, he wasn't hitting the ball at all. Yeah. But I mean, Vogelback. Do you remember last season when Daniel Vogelback? came up and for like two and a half weeks absolutely killed it and people loved him especially because he looked like the barrel man well I mean we needed a lot of hope last year and Daniel Vogelback gave us two weeks of hope and I told and I told you I go oh well if they have him for a whole season I don't think a lot of fans are really going to be this excited about him (laughs) to be completely honest aren't you always honest though Rowdy if you go and look at Daniel Vogelback's career numbers 
He's doing exactly what he has done his entire year or his entire career. He's having a normal year. He hasn't been good or bad for Daniel Vogelback. He's been he has been nice and steady, steady. for Daniel Vogelback. Steady as she goes, I'll Rogan. even give him a little bit more credit to that and say I think he's played a lot better defensively than I thought Dude, he would have. For a big boy like he is, he's been making some he's been making some moves out there, digging in the sand. Now me giving Daniel Vogelback some credit because he's gotten better defensively and saying that he's having a pretty typical season for Daniel Vogelback. Mm-hmm. Does not mean I wouldn't go get a first baseman if I could get one in a heartbeat. (laughs) Because still, 220 doesn't cut it. It's not like he's had the the biggest power. It's not like he's hit 20 home runs. Yeah. And then you look at third base. Do you feel comfortable now that Colton Wong is back playing second base? You acquired Willie Adamas at shortstop, continuing to go with Luis Arias at uh, third base. I mean, the guy has raised his batting average 31 points since that Adamas trade. Yeah. Obviously, Adamas has raised his batting average like 34 points since that trade. Colton Wong continues to hit over 280, which is a big plus for the Brewers in general. At catcher, you still have Omar Nervais, who obviously, yes, there's more to be desired defensively, but he's hitting over 300. You can't argue with anything that that they've done. Didn't Omar Nervais snipe some guy last night, too, at second base? He also had some uh, balls that got away from him that definitely should have been stopped. Yeah, I'm trying to do the positive thing there, but yes, <laughs> but, you're right. But if you if you seriously look at it with how Arias is playing, with how Adamas has been playing, with how Colton Wong has played when healthy, and Narvaez, it's just first base. We're actually getting a guy that's playing or having a pretty typical season. The only other places you can really look is the damn outfield the where damn you outfield. spent all the money, where you're supposed to have all the stars. I can't stand Christian Yell striking out, Jackie Bradley Jr. striking out, Christian or, uh, Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain can't get on the field, and when he <laughs> gets on the field, I think he's had about one notable game. Yeah, it's against the Cubs. Christian like, Yelich has been two. able to be healthy and, and, again, looks like his 2020 version. Jackie Bradley looks so bad, I can't even come up with a year because he hasn't had a version that bad. This is his bad year. This, this is his career worst and year. And Avisel Garcia continues to be, while, while productive overall for the season, not hitting the ball average-wise ex- exactly where you want it. And then it's been a rotation of Tyrone Taylor, who will get hot for a week, Billy McKinney, who was hot for like a week or two. Now he's on the Mets. Yep. And uh, Derek Fisher finally healthy for the first time and just started playing. Not the former Laker. That's your outfield situation. (laughs) On the Brewers' side of things, they're still first place in the NL Central at 40-33, and tied with the Chicago Cubs. Tell the fine folks again what they are. We looked at this month of June. See, you're the guy. You're the guy that always says, "Well, they're still in first place." I mean, they are. Yes, but you've always been that guy, right? We're always trying to look at the the positive side of things. They're not playing well, but they're still unless you're getting your nuggets cut, Chad. They're still in first place. They're still in first place. I'm the guy over here screaming. They need to build up a lead right now, playing against these lesser teams, and this is not acceptable to still be tied with the Cubs. That's what I'm getting at. This month of June, we looked at Rowdy. They were playing against every team they were playing against. Besides, at the time we looked at it, the start June. Besides, the Chicago Cubs had a losing record, and we're like, this is the opportunity, the moment for the Brewers to put a sizable lead between them and the rest of the NL Central. And uh, and when I say they're still first place, that's a negative connotation for me because I can't believe how they're not pouncing on this opportunity. The Cubs just lost to the Indians 4 to nothing last night. Yeah, and, and what was going on when the Brewers were hot? The Cubs, the Cubs were, were hot, hot, and the Cubs were winning, so they weren't gaining any ground. And now all of a sudden, the Brewers are continuing to play these lesser teams Obviously, Cleveland's a decent team. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's a good team. Mm-hmm. They're beating the Cubs, and they're not seizing these opportunities to gain ground and, and and put ground behind them and the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Reds who are now struggling once again. But uh, you look at it, and yeah, oh, they're still in first place now. They're still in first place now. Everyone that continues to say that in June when they're playing the lesser teams that they should be really beating up on where are you going to be at in September when they have Murderer's Row? Pissed. Because if Mad. the Milwaukee, I know the Milwaukee Brewers have been able to turn it around the last, what, three, four Septembers and absolutely kill it under Craig Council. Mm-hmm. I know that. But guess what? Major League Baseball also changed the rules. 
They remember, did. They, you don't get they all ushered those, them in. They had a losing record. You, you don't get all those ro- extra roster spots with the which the Brewers uh, used to perfection last year, bringing in or the last few years, bringing in extra arms, bringing in specific players that continue to help them win games and basically outlast teams in September. Yeah. The rules change. You only get to call up a few different guys now. The rules in change, Rowdy. The rules have changed, and, and partially because of the Milwaukee Brewers. Not only did they change that rule because of the Brewers and how well they did in September, and how they were using their rosters, but also remember they probably changed the uh, three batter minimum with pitchers because of how the Brewers were using uh, relief pitchers and or remember when they used Wade Miley for one out, yeah, and then they switched. Then that rule all of a sudden became something that was thrown out there. It's going to be harder for them to do that in September. (sighs) And then when you really get into it and you look at who they play in September, here are the teams that they play in September. Hit me with it. San Francisco Giants. They're in first place and the best team in the NL. They're a tough squad. St. Louis Cardinals. They're about a 500 team. They usually have the, you know, Brewers always play them well. The Phillies, they're around a 500 team. I think a little south. Yeah. Cleveland, they're a solid team. Yep. Detroit's not good. Nope. Chicago, Cubs. Hey, we own the series uh, right now with them 6-3. to three. Another four-game set with St. Louis. Three games with the Mets, who are in first in the east. Another three with St. Louis. And then to end the season, you have three with the Dodgers. Mm. Every well, the, single the Brewers always seem to play up to their competition. Every though. single Take team that. they play in September is 500 or better, except for the Detroit Tigers, and that's only a two-game series. Man, they really screwed the pooch this month of June. Well, June's not over yet. They still have a I mean, significant it's June 22nd. I know, but they still they still have a decent number of games left. I mean, you still let's have go babies nine games. All right, let's go. All right, I have a uh, Chad. I hope you're still listening. I have some good news for you. Um, or sorry, I guess eight games. But you have to you have to go out there and win at least five of those eight. You have to. Uh, so hopefully the Brewers get back at it tonight, 840 first pitch. By the way, if you're trying to listen to the Brewers broadcast last night, statewide problem, the satellite for the Brewers, malfunctioning. Engineers were on it. So it wasn't just a local thing here. It was a statewide problem. Oh, life has been good to me. And why is that? Because I get to work with this man right here, Zach Heilprin. Our sports, our, our, our sports director, Zach, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Fantastical. So, Zach, speaking of fantastic, how about that uh, recruiting class for the Wisconsin Badgers uh, coming in here? They are uh, a flurry of action yesterday for Paul Christ and Wisconsin for that 2022 class. I don't even know where to begin, Zach Heilprin. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I Please take it away. Like, do we go Saturday? Yeah, no, like Saturday's action? The weekend action? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's been, uh, obviously yesterday was big. They had got three commits in a matter of hours. They also added one on Saturday. Um, they now have five for the class. Uh, but yeah, Saturday was Barrett Nelson. He's an offensive lineman from Fall River. He actually, his brother is Jack Nelson, who uh, ended up being a five-star recruit for Wisconsin and is slated to start at right guard this year, the redshirt freshman. So more family connections for the Badgers. Um, he's a three-star recruit. Then they added, uh, as, I, as I said before, they added three guys yesterday. Uh, this kid, J.T. Seagrees, he's a tight end from Monroe, athletic as hell. He's 6'6", 220, says he can run a 4'5", 40. I don't, I don't know if that's ever been put to the test, but I believe he, did, he, did, he, did run, uh, he did win the Badger South Conference 100-meter title this year mm. at 6'6". So uh, he's got a little speed. He uh, qualified for the state track tournament uh, or the uh, – yeah state meets in the high jump in 2019 so he's athletic they love him as a kind of potential uh receiving tight end a little bit down the field kind of threat um probably not as good of a blocker as he probably needs to be at this point certainly um also really really good basketball player um plays much aau ball they got this other kid um cade Yacomelli. Okay, I need to I need to specifically ask you about this guy because i'm reading your awesome work at madcitysportson.com and it's like followed up by Athlete, Cade Yacomelli. I watched this dude's tape. This guy was like throwing down dunks, jumping up like seven foot high. um, You know, like uh, stuff in the gym. Like what? So, what do you mean by follow up by athlete, Cade Yacomelli? Yeah, it means they're going to um, use him in a bunch of different ways. I think is is what it is. I mean, he he does have, uh, you know, some crazy athletic ability, as you saw. And anybody who lifts themselves at six feet in high school, they're definitely not six feet, Correct. right? Like they're they're five ten or five eleven, and so what you saw on that video, 
uh, is just even more impressive, especially the dunking. But you know the the um, the jumps, just uh, the straight jumps, what are the, what are the box jumps, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was he he's an insane athlete, um, kind of out of nowhere as well. Like JTC Greaves and him, neither one of them ha- were known very well. Yakimeli, uh, most of his offers were from the Ivy League, so he's obviously got some smarts to him. But uh, neither of them were known very well. But they tore it up at Wisconsin's camps earlier this month. And uh, and got offers, and then awesome. and they added and then they added one more guy last night, and uh, Yakuri lied. He's a cornerback out in New Jersey, and um, oh, another guy that, New, New Jersey pipeline, Zach. Hell yeah, yeah. Another guy that uh, is an athlete, played both ways, really looked really good with the ball in his hands too. So maybe they could uh, use him at, on uh, that end. He he lists himself as an athlete as well. <laughs> so uh, it, it looks like they've certainly added some some athleticism, I guess, to this class that only had one commit before the last two days, and that was uh, the quarterback, Miles Frank, or excuse me, Miles Burkett, out of Franklin. Awesome. So Zach Halperner, our sports director, joining us right now. I just saw athlete, Kate Iacomelli, and then mm. I watched the guy's tape, and I was like, man, this dude is this dude's doing it all. He is an athlete. Hey, so let me ask you another guy that, you know, big-time athlete, we know his dad, Donald Driver. Christian Driver was going to have a visit uh, this Friday, if I do believe, to mm. Wisconsin, and now he's said he's not do you i mean what's going on there do you know anything yeah so i i asked around a little bit and um because i'm not like locked into the, it as well as some other guys are and uh don't you're just being bashful i get i get it zach you're in you're in the, but, you're on the pulse but uh my understanding is like he never had an official visit set up look you only get a certain number of official visits each class well, there's a, it's a set limit. I don't know exactly the number on it, but there's a set limit in each class that you can give. And right now, when you look at Christian Driver, he was at Penn State last week. Everyone thinks he's going to Penn State. So uh, my understanding is that Wisconsin wanted him to come on an unofficial visit. And apparently he didn't, wasn't a fan of that, and that's why he is not coming this weekend. Um, so that, that is my understanding of it. Uh, but, again, I don't – I'm not – I've I've not talked to the kid, but that's my understanding. Zach, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these blocks of cheese I have. I was going to, like, Christian Driver was coming. I was telling Ben this. I was going to roll out the red carpet. I was have wheels and blocks of cheese, clicking mm-hmm. the ticket commercials, playing of his dad, you know, highlights yeah. of Dancing with the Stars, highlights of Donald <laughs> Driver stuff. I'm like, you could be a star here. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this cheese. I, I feel like, Zach, his next move has to be to save that cheese, so then it'll be aged cheese by the time Brett Favre's grandson gets to of oh. age. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. That'll be some really. It'll mm. be worth right even there. more. Maybe a little twelve-year yeah. cheddar going on there. So Zach, um, you know, Wisconsin had lost their lead recruiter, right? Uh, Said Khalif. Um, how big of a blow is that for Wisconsin? It's a big one, certainly, and the, the timing really, really hurt because <laughs> you've been—they've been without having uh, the ability to have guys on campus since last March, since COVID hit. And it just started up June 1st again, and that's essentially when the news came that Saeed was leaving, and not just leaving, but going to Michigan State. <laughs> and um, that, that's a big hit. He, was, he has been a huge part of them turning uh, the recruiting up. I mean, they, they signed their first top 25 class last year. He was hoping to take it to another level. Like he's always said, we've always seen Wisconsin get these three, two or three stars, some four stars, and turn them into really good players. What if we start with a higher uh, level. What if we what, what if we start with the higher floor and see what we can do with those kids? And and he certainly ha, have played a huge role in that. Now, um, and, and they put in this like, this new system and how they evaluate guys. That system's not going anywhere. But he's the one that enacted it, and it's not just going away. It's going to one of your rivals, and so that that hurts. But I I think it's probably also worthwhile to note that he didn't do it alone that there's a lot of people involved in it, a lot of recruiting assistants, a lot of people in that recruiting office that are in it. Um, but it's, it's a big loss, for sure. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us. Zach, I want to—I don't know too much about it, and I know things are kind of just out there floating around. Mm. Uh, the Supreme Court has decided with the student-athletes, right, and no longer with the NCAA. Is this opening the door, then, to make money off of your likeness, go sign some autographs without getting in trouble? So that ruling yesterday had, has no, had nothing to do with name, image, likeness. Oh, okay. However— the ruling itself has nothing to do with it. The, the ruling itself is all about education um, benefits, gotcha. like computers and um, like paid internships. Yes, they, paying it in that type of way, yeah. and I'm sure schools will start to do it um, pretty, you know, pretty soon. 
The name, image, likeness, though, the aspect of it that is more interesting that came out of it was some of the opinions from the justices, specifically Brett Kavanaugh, who essentially told all these lawsuits come after name, image, likeness hard and ask for everything possible, including pay for play. And uh, so that's going to be, I think, the more interesting aspect of it. And it sounds like lawyers that went through this case, uh, they have other cases going through it, but they're potentially going to amend those cases and, and try and go, because right now it's just name, making money on name, image, likeness, right? That's, that's the idea. That's, that's what everyone is talking about. But he made it seem like it's potential that they could go even further and you could, schools would start having to pay players. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's a, something that's actually going to happen, but the more um, immediate aspect of this is, is name, image, likeness goes into effect in six states on July 1st. Huh. Every other state, it's still going to not be possible. Yeah, because Wisconsin, Wisconsin doesn't have any laws, right, for that? Right. Yeah. So what Wisconsin has done, and, and Becky Blank, the chancellor, talked about it during Chris McIntosh's introductory press conference, was they are waiting for uh, Congress, uh, the NCAA slash Congress, to do something. And as you would imagine, in this world, they are at uh, odds with how they want to do Shocking. it in Congress. Yes. The, they had a bipartisan effort that has kind of broken down a little bit, but I think Yesterday's ruling is going to give them a little kick in the butt to get this done because it'll be chaos July 1st when it's going to be extremely unfair July 1st when you have six states and a lot of them uh, in the college football uh, uh, college football areas that are very very hot like the South. Yeah. Um, it's going to be it's going to be unfair and it's going to be crazy and um, there's really? a, a lot of uncertainty. Wow. That's going to be the Wild West out there, man. I mean, are we going to even more so than now? Because you can can you transfer now and not sit out here? Yeah, but yeah, there's a one-time uh, rule that you can transfer without having to sit out. Oof, that's going to be pretty spicy, my friend Zach Halperin. Yep. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, before I let you go, I was, uh, you know, I love always being on your Twitter account at Zach Halperin. Very informative, mm-hmm. very witty, very funny at times. Especially when you go after, you know, uh, Donnell Pumphrey and you know taking Ron Dane's. Well, I mean, Ron Dane still owns it. But I saw you retweet this, Zach. Did I see Coach Card hanging out with Bo Ryan? What? Yep, so, Bo back in town. What's going on? Do you know anything? Did you get your ear in the streets? Talk to anybody? What's going on? Oh, Bo's back here a few times during the year. I mean, this is still where a lot of his family is. But um, at least family here on the show. We've had him on many times. Great guy. Yes, he's always great. Always great to have on. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's great guard has uh, has a little has a guy he can talk to a little bit, right? I like it. I don't know. Bo, I, I just like it. I just like it. Okay, just I just wanted like to bring it up because I like it. Yeah, Bo just likes being in the gym. You know, you know, my name is spelled. The golf my real name is spelled a little differently, but it still is Bo. I feel like we have some kind of connection. And Zach, before I let you go, did I see uh, Johnny Davis? Sorry, Jonathan yeah. Davis is a finalist for the U nineteen World Cup team. Yeah, he's one of seventeen finalists. I don't know how many players are going to end up carrying. Probably twelve or thirteen. But yeah, he's a finalist. So is uh, Patrick Baldwin from UW Milwaukee. Apparently, apparently, I'm not supposed to use UW Milwaukee anymore. What is some it? guy came after me on Twitter? For uh, using UW Milwaukee, they they're supposed to be called Milwaukee, and if you're going to use oh, UW right Milwaukee, here. you should use you should use UW Madison. Okay, Either here's way. MK fan. Yeah, if you're going to call us UW Milwaukee, at least be consistent and call them UW Madison. Uh, Zach, <laughs> here's the thing: the haters are never mad enough on Twitter. They're hilarious. Mm. I love I love those people on Twitter. They make my life just I just chuckle. I laugh. It's amazing. It is amazing, Zach. You know what else is amazing? You. And we thank you for your time, my friend. Great transition. Love you too. I do it for you, baby. We'll see you later. 